0: make your partners more visible to your end customers, having a great, easy to use partner directory that's featured ideally on your top nav bar or on your homepage very prominently is also super important. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you as always to our podcast producers, content allies, they help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. So, hi, everyone. I'm Nick Sangwi and I lead alliances at Caspio. And I'm here to talk to you about how to attract partners to your program. So a little bit about Caspio. We pioneered the low-code, no-code space over 20 years back. And today, we have over 15,000 customers in 150 countries worldwide. And we've done this on a very scrappy budget. We've been bootstrapped all along. And more importantly, for the purposes of this talk, we started our partner program less than two years back. And within this time, we have signed up more than 250 partners across 50 countries worldwide. And so I'm here to talk to you a little bit about what went into that process and maybe how you can replicate it and repeat it at your own organization so just like marketing has an icp or an ideal customer profile for sales leads what i think is very important for us in the partner world is to start with an ideal partner profile so here are some elements of the ideal partner profile that we use at caspio but Basically, what you want to think about is you want to start with an ideal wish list of what you're looking for in a partner. So when we started our partner program, in our wish list, we had some of the topmost, largest GSIs or global system integrators, such as the Tatas and the Deloits of the world. But what we soon realized was that their idea of what they were looking for in a partner did not really align with what we wanted in our partners. So it's very important to keep on iterating and refining this based on what you're finding in your interactions with potential partners. Here, to give you just a couple of examples of what actually is working for us right now. So we have one bucket called, what's a good partner? What do they look like? Within that category, we have partners that understand the power of low-code, no-code, because we are a low-code platform, obviously. So if they already understand this space, it makes it easier to get the conversation started. We also wanted partners that wanted a bi-directional flow of leads instead of just relying on leads for, from us. Those were something in the good bucket. Second or the middle category here is what are the best partners for us? What do they look like? So within that, we have something that, you know, someone who's specialized in the verticals that we are also catering to. For example, healthcare, education, government, etc. Those would be great partners for us to tie up with. Or It could be partners that are focused in geographies that we are interested in expanding into, or we don't have a great strong direct sales presence in, for example, Japan, Australia, etc. Also equally important is that last bucket is, who's not a potential good partner for you? Who do you not want to waste time on, etc. as well. Within that, it could be examples like, if they're diverting the leads that you send to them, To your competitors obviously that's not a good partner or if they're a consulting partner or services partner that is not doing a great job on the projects that you're sending to them that's also a red flag as well that's a little bit about the ideal partner profile and now once you've started getting to a draft ideal partner profile and you know what you're looking for in an ideal partner the next step comes down to where to look for these potential partners right and here are just some ideas or high level ideas or categories of where to look for these partners along with some examples right so the first thing is competitor partners and like i said someone who already understands your space their half your selling is already done for example in our space if they already are working with a low code no code competitor of ours at least we don't have to evangelize or educate them about our space. All we need to do is that, hey, you're already working with Power Apps, or you're already working without systems. Here's what Caspio can do for you differently, right? So that's the first category. And this is also very easy to locate based on the partner directories that your competitors will obviously be hosting on their websites. The second category, again, I alluded to this previously, which is the target geographies. And a lot of us here are US based or have the US or Europe as the major markets. And partners are a great way to diversify geographically. And so for us, for example, Japan, Australia, Middle East, Southeast Asia, these were typical target geos where we wanted to expand our partner footprint and expand our sales there. I also mentioned target verticals. This is somewhere where you're looking for kind of an overlap So we cater to the healthcare, government, education, non-profits, et cetera. And if they're solutions partners that are already working in this space, it makes them more valuable to us. Another thing is adjacent technologies. So we often, a lot of our customers are migrating from Google Sheets or Microsoft technologies like Excel, Access, et cetera, over to when they want something more systematic or robust then they are trying to look for platforms like ours. So that would be an adjacent technology. AWS is another one. And then bundled offerings, right? And so these are potential partners that your customers typically have to procure alongside your product. And for example, in our case, it could be website builders like Wix or hosting providers like GoDaddy, et cetera. Now, if there are partners that are working with those solutions or products, then it makes it easier for them to work with you and offer a bundled offering to their customers. Another category is horizontals or practice areas. Within that, for example, so we look at our partner footprint, we saw there were a few management consulting firms and business consulting firms that also have a technology advisory practice nowadays. It was looking for more examples of that. Or accounting firms as well, nowadays increasingly recommend technology solutions and as one of our previous speakers mentioned they are also more trusted as well by the cfo organization or within procurement etc so accounting firms could be another wares is another category of solution providers as well and then of course mind partner leads from your crm there could be a lot of these partners that are informally already working with your customers on behalf of your customers etc sometimes It's even possible to identify them with a different domain name uh, as opposed to the customers or a domain name. You can mine them from your CRM, from your support and ticketing systems, et cetera. And I think last but not the least, events like these, great venues for networking, meeting up with potential partners. Slack channels derive a great value from the CSA Connect or CSA's Slack channel. A lot of networking that can happen through that and just other online forums as well. Great, so once you have a list of target accounts or target partners to go after, you know, the next steps are to research them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn also has various tools where it surfaces with AI and other similar potential looking partners. They have this recent feature called personas where you can say, hey, I wanna look at anyone that's VP or above at my target account or anyone that's working in partnerships at my target accounts, et cetera, and get lists of those sorts of target prospects. Then you can reach out to them, of course, over LinkedIn using Sales Navigator or Connect Invites. But also, there are tools like Zoom Info and Seamless, which I've shown here, which we use uh, ourselves at Caspio. They help in extracting. You just press one button and it goes through all the search results pulls out all contact information such as email addresses, phone numbers, et cetera, and populates that into the sales automation tool of your choice, which in our case, we use HubSpot sales sequences, but it could be outreach or any other tool. And so this allows you to do personalization and scale where you're sending. So for example, we might have an accounting sequence for accounting firms, which is brings out case studies, accounting case studies, et cetera. And it's hyper-personalized to that particular category, and it has automated follow-ups that keep following up every few days or few weeks with value add. And so we derived most of our sign-ups through this process. Of course, another important category of tools within the partnership space is these ecosystem tools, and I think they're going to be presenting either today or tomorrow. Crossbeam and Reveal being the two biggest ones. Then they have free plans. We've just been using their free plans, but we've struck a solid partnership gold through these platforms where you share your customers. Other partners share their customers, and it's all like a custodial of that information. And all you know, you can choose how much you want to share. You might want to just share overlap counts, et cetera. We've been able to partner with major organizations like Edge and others through these tools as well. Great. So once you've started moving these partner prospects through your funnel. And we basically treat it very much like a sales organization would treat their sales funnel, right? So the next steps typically tend to be meeting, you're with them, Zoom meetings, presentations, etc. And towards that, having a solid collateral in terms of presentations and landing pages is going to be very valuable. Another thing to keep in mind is also if you are more on the volume side, where you want to sign a lot of partners every month or so. Try to move away from those docu sign type legal agreements and try to move more towards a form type approach. They can simply check a checkbox saying, that yes, I agree to the... I mean, that simple tweak, again, sounds so simple, but improves your conversion rates significantly as well. Social proof also, by the way, very important, again, when you're starting off, may not have as many formal partners, but there might be these informal partners who are already working on behalf of your customers on your platform or product. It's great if you can get video case studies and testimonials from them and add them to your partner landing pages. And of course, one, the next part of the funnel is, of course, once they sign up to become a partner, try to make it as easy for them to become successful on your product or platform as possible. So having a strong partner portal with all the material that they need to be successful, co-marketing, co-selling material, as well as product, price sheets, technical information, et cetera, all of that's going to be very valuable as well. And as much of it as possible in a self-service model, in a partner portal where they can go in and consume whatever information they need would be great as well. Another aspect of it, again, is the training. Try to offer free online and recorded sessions in terms of training on your platform. Mm -hmm. And if it can be specifically tailored towards partners who are going to be requiring even more of the technical training than, say, end customers might, that's going to be even more valuable. So, Almost think of them as an extension of your team, just like you would train your teams. Offer that level of training to them. The other side of the coin is certifications, and certifications are very important for partners to showcase that, hey, yes, I am an expert on this product or platform, and for your customers to be able to trust them that if this firm has, say, five certified developers, then they must know what they're doing. Free certifications for your partners, that's another important element. And then to tie it all together and make your partners more visible to your end customers having a great easy to use partner directory that's featured ideally on your top nav bar or on your home page very prominently is also super important this is also something that your potential partner prospects are going to check whether they tell you or not they're going to check hey if i sign up as a partner am i going to get business from them are they going to showcase me prominently in front of the customers or not. So having this partner directory is super important from that perspective, but also for your customers to also find who's the best partner in my country or who speaks my language or in my industry vertical, et cetera, becomes very important. And then having rich partner profile pages with introduction videos, webinar recordings, customer reviews, all of that also goes a long way. And I know marketplaces have been spoken about quite a bit today, and I completely agree with the other speakers that marketplaces are becoming very vital for the whole ecosystem. So, if you can, even having a homegrown marketplace, even with, we have like what, 30 applications, and we've had to seed many of those applications ourselves. But to have this marketplace is great value add for the entire ecosystem. Your customers can benefit from getting ideas and inspiration and getting it much cheaper and faster than having to build it one off your partners can obviously benefit from commercializing their offerings in a more productized manner as opposed to selling it in a services based model and so we have a marketplace that lists apps extensions data etc as well co-marketing again many of your partners will not have the same marketing budget or you know, presence as you might as a SaaS product or a SaaS vendor might. And so what we found is immense value to the entire ecosystem is co-marketing webinars, podcasts, etc. gives, again, ideas and inspirations to your customers and prospects, also gives a great way to showcase partners to showcase their unique proposition, unique value propositions as well. And these Have the added value of being able to be converted into long-form blog posts or snackable bite-sized video clips etc this has been greatly valuable as well and the value in this lies not just in those who actually make it to your event online event or whatever it's also in all the social media mileage that you get prior to the event as well as post event saying hey we had this great session here with the key takeaways and insights etc That kind of bringing me to the conclusion of the talk, which is, and I want to share that today, what started at Caspio with a bit of skepticism, hey, just a couple of years back, is this thing going to work out or not, et cetera, is now being completely embraced. The entire company sees the value and the ROI that partnerships can bring to us. Today, we have partners that are a true extension of our sales team. We've started sharing leads where, you know, in some of these geographies here, shown here in green, where those leads get directly contacted by partners first, saying, that, hey, hi, saw you reached out to us at Caspio. I'm calling on behalf of Caspio. How can I help you today? And so they're becoming an integral and vital part of Caspio. Yeah, that's about it. Hope. Oh. You've got some good takeaways from this and would love for you guys. Check us out at www.caspio.com and connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'll open it up for any questions if there are any. Yeah, so just to repeat the question, one is how we nurture our partners to keep bringing in leads. Again, we've set the expectations upfront with them that this is going to be a two-way partnership where we expect both sides to bring leads to each other but also we help them one is we have regular partner office hours every two weeks we meet with our partners we're strategizing all the time like hey what can we do in terms of market development business development etc like i said we've run several webinars with our partners to kind of get them in front of our customers and at the same time obviously you know, that helps in showcasing caspio to their customer base as well one thing is just to invite ideas from partners and then take them into action as well. A lot of them have a lot of ideas, but there's often these partner organizations that need to have an open ear and try these things out and see where it leads. One of the things is that we constantly keep the lines of communication open with newsletters, with these office hours, et cetera. And what we're constantly reminding them is about deal registration. We're also mentioning about the more you contribute, the more engaged you are, the more you will get back in return from us. And so we constantly keep those types of engagement scores as well on what partners are being engaged with us, who's sending us more. Either it could be leads, but it could also be just helping us close more deals as well. It's, the win rate also matters at the end of the day. So there are partners who have helped us more than double our win rate, and that itself is a great victory for our sales team as well and so we then reciprocate back to them in terms of sending them more leads etc a related question to that first of all thanks for the presentation what's the biggest friction point do you see between your direct sellers and the partner channel i know this is not an easy question to answer but but every company deals with this what are your top pain points it's a very important topic definitely for sure i mean the direct sales can sometimes feel that hey this is like a competition for us these guys are going to steal away our commissions etc so having those conversations consistently with both their leadership both the sales leadership and the customer success leadership and articulating the value that partners are consistently bringing to the table is very important also my team and i we show up on the sales team meetings where Constantly showcasing the value of, hey, look, in this particular deal, this partner helped close this deal, et cetera. And having a rules of engagement as well, established rules of engagement saying, that hey, with as many rules as possible, clearly articulated and written out saying that if the partner helps, then this is how it's going to get split, et cetera, is also going to be crucial. But yeah, you're very right. Those are some of the things that you need to take to make sure that, avoid conflict or reduce conflict. There is definitely going to be always channel conflict. And you mentioned you do engagement score of your partners, that's interesting. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how does it work? Where are the inputs you look for? What's like the scale and so forth? Absolutely. So again, like I said, we're pretty scrappy here. So, you know, what we do is we maintain, it's right now in a big Google sheet where we have all of our signed partners and we have various metrics that we track in terms of one is how responsive they are, right? And again, like in one of the talks earlier today, they said it's going to be about 20% of your partners are going to be the really active ones. The 80% are going to be so-called quote-unquote long tail, which they might come to you once in a year, maybe if they have an opportunity, et cetera. So what we are tracking is who's staying engaged with us in, you know who's responding to our emails, who's we have regular check-ins, who's participating in those check-ins. And various other metrics, like, obviously, you know, how many leads they're sending us, that's getting tracked through deal registration in our partner portal itself, but also how many deals they're influencing. So partner influence revenue as well is important for us. So those are the various metrics that we are tracking. Besides them, just the other hard numbers, such as number of certified developers, all of those. And some of these metrics, as in the first year of our partner program, we were even These were like targets from a bonus or a comp plan perspective as well for the enablement team, which is number of certifications. For the partner recruitment side, it's just number of partner meetings that we are having, qualified partner meetings that we are having, as well as number of partner sign-ups. That kind of helped in getting that mindset entrenched within our team. You mentioned that it applies to solution and consulting partners. Can you tell us if it also applies to technology partners or ISVs? Yeah, I think this applies as a no-code platform. Our solutions or consulting partners were the most important ones, but this can equally apply on the technology side as well. And in fact, we've done versions of this for you know targeting website builders like Wix, etc. We went after hosting providers like GoDaddy. So yeah, this can equally apply on the technology side as well especially if you have a product-slash-engineering team that's able to support those technology integrations that many of them will require to be successful. Thanks a lot, everyone, for your time. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, you've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, Content Allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.